Hello, and welcome to the Client Experience Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Raya Gonzalez, and I'm super excited today because I have procrastination and perfectionist expert, Monia Meyer, with us today. Welcome, Monia. Hi, thank you so much, Raya, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. You are so welcome. This is an area that affects men and women alike. I know that both you and I work with a lot of women, but this is sort of universal, I think. And so I think it's important that we dive into it because we're expected as business owners to be on our A-game all the time, but we are also human beings. So we have to fight these things and try to manage them the best that we can. So thank you for um, joining us and tell us tell us a little bit about who you are, how you help the community and how you got into this area. Yeah, um, I would love to. Okay, so my name is Monia and I am a confidence coach and a podcaster like yourself. And I'm really like dedicated to helping women cultivate the radical self-belief they need in order to become really highly magnetic in their life, in their business, and to amplify their unique voice. And obviously, in order to become really confident, You really want to understand if you're a perfectionist, because one of the things when it comes to perfectionism is that many people are not really aware of it. So if you really struggle to hit your goals or if you really struggle to progress, it can really be down to perfectionism. And why I am super passionate about this topic is because I had a huge aha moment So like a couple of years ago, just before I started my business, I was heavily procrastinating on doing that. So I was really trapped in a nine to five job. I was really unhappy. I really wanted to get out of it. And what happened is I had the idea of starting a blog. So I wanted to start a personal development blog, monetize that, and then like basically start an online business. But I procrastinated for like three months because I had to find like the perfect laptop in order to become a blogger. And obviously, like that was just sabotage. That was just procrastination <laughs> because I was like, it doesn't matter. Like just buy a laptop, right? right exactly. <laughs> so, exactly, right? So I finally did it. I set a deadline and I started my blog and that's when like I really started my online business. But what I realized is that I am really a perfectionist. Like, and I realized I didn't actually was aware of that before because I thought that perfectionists are people who have really good grades in school, right? Who are really neat, really organized, really tidy, who just love things to be perfect, right? That is like what I thought a perfectionist is. And that is not me. (laughs) I'm a little bit chaotic. I'm not really someone who was like super good in school, just kind of like average good. So I never really identified as that. But then I kind of realized what I've done with like the procrastination and the blog, I was like, that's weird. So I kind of did some research on that and I realized, wow, this is actually perfectionist behavior. So what perfectionism really is, it is actually the fear of not doing it right or of not being perfect because we are as perfectionists are really, really scared of failing. This is something that we really, really want to avoid. And the reason why we want to avoid it is because we are really scared of the feeling of shame. Okay. So Brené Brown talks a lot about this, trying to avoid feeling shame, right? and actually like feeling shame and perfectionists really try to avoid that emotion and because they make it mean any like 
kind of negative things about themselves. So they always are really concerned with doing it right, doing it perfectly, having like making the best decisions. Perfectionists really struggle to make decisions because they get so in their own head. So yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot about perfectionism when it comes to like business and entrepreneurship as well. I think that is really important because I too, I'm a really like cluttery, all over the place kind of person. So I would have never thought of myself as a perfectionist. One of the things that really drove it home though for me was when I bought my first iPad with an iPencil and I was able to very easily delete what I wrote with my iPencil because I have I have fairly good penmanship, but I always it's, it's never good enough for me. So people will always compliment me on my penmanship, but I will, if it like a letter doesn't look right, I will erase it and do it again. Like who cares? But I care <laughs> and it bothers me so much. And so... Having a iPad where I have an iPencil where I can just like delete and then do it over again. It like make it look exactly the way I want it to look. It was magical for me. And then I'm like, that's not like altogether healthy. <laughs> no, it's not. Like the problem with perfectionists are that they have often like really high standards and that they kind of get really caught up in this like kind of little nitty gritty work that, that you kind of describe there. Like it doesn't matter right? But it will like just like cost you time and energy, but it won't actually lead to any like results. And that's a real problem for perfectionists because they waste so much time and energy on things that are actually not moving them forward. And I see this with my clients a lot. Like um, the women that come to me, they normally want to start businesses or grow their businesses and sign clients, but obviously their, their perfectionist behavior is really keeping them stuck. So that could look like Things like the, the all or nothing mindset, for example, for it, that is like a really, really common thing when it comes to perfectionism is the idea of I need to do it all perfectly or I don't do it at all. So for example, one of my clients recently really got into that when she was about to create content, right? We have created like a content plan for her and what she has to do, but she wasn't able to do it because she got so in her own head about oh, like the content needs to be valuable and I don't really know what that's going to look like. It needs to be perfect. It needs to like really speak to my ideal client. And she got so in her own head because she didn't know what content to create that she didn't create any content, right? So this is the idea of like, oh, I need to do it all perfectly. Or then if I can't do it perfectly, then I don't do it at all. And then you don't stay consistent. So yeah, perfectionists really get caught up in like little things that don't actually matter. Which is funny because... Well, ironic because when I was in high school, like 15, I thought, okay, the first tattoo I'm going to get is I'm going to get a heart and it's going to say all or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, I did not know how prophetic that really, really is. I mean, and I think I would, I would say that if people know me on a personal level, you would not anticipate that I would be a perfectionist. My car is not always clean. My house is definitely not always clean. It is in the details of life that I have these perfectionist tendencies. And what Monia is describing is like, I think what, what many, many women can identify with that other people from the outside would not identify as perfectionist. It's being frozen. It's like being literally stuck in your own body and making decisions and moving forward with things just because it's not... Because you're, because you're right, because you're afraid you're going to fail. Yeah. And then I, I was actually kind of blown away when you, like you took it to the next level when you said that the fear of failure is actually the fear of shame, which is 
a hundred percent true, but I don't know that I've ever made that connection, even though I've watched so much Brene Brown, (laughs) (laughs) but you're like a hundred percent, you're a hundred percent correct. But what I wanted to ask you too, was like, what are some of the ways, like, obviously I'm wasting time erasing my letters and making them perfect on a page that no one's going to see except for me. But what are some other ways that perfectionism can affect us? And this could be in the small ways and in the larger ways that perfectionism can really affect us when we allow it to kind of be pervasive in our life. Yes. So one of the things, especially when it comes to, I think like in your audience, there will be a lot of like business owners, right? And entrepreneurs, it really blocks you from progress. And then one of the ways where it really shows up is again, like the all or nothing mindset, which I already kind of talked about, but it also kind of shows up in like the lack of decision-making. And when you are an entrepreneur, when you're a business owner, right, you really are a leader and you need to make a lot of confident decisions and perfectionists really struggle with decision-making normally, or they make a decision, but then they go back on it or they go back into indecision. So because they're really concerned with making the right decision. So what is the right decision? What is the right strategy? Should I go with this niche or with this niche, right? There's a lot of like confusion, which is really just down to making a decision and moving on. But perfectionists really have a problem with that. So they get into overwhelm really quickly, right? They get into confusion and comparison. They compare themselves a lot with other people that are often like... (laughs) already at at like chapter 10 and they're just at chapter one, right? And another thing that really comes up with perfectionists and which I also see in my clients a lot is uh, perfectionist daydreaming. And that is definitely something that I used to do. So when you identify as a dreamer, right? Oh, I like to dream about things. I have like, I believe in my potential. I believe that I'm more, I'm meant for more, right? But you struggle to actually take the action required in order to create this. So what perfectionist daydreaming is, is really indulging in the idea of your potential. It's like, oh, I can't do all of, of these things. It feels really good when you when you believe in your potential and when you think, oh, I could, I don't know, I could have a six-figure business or whatever. I could be an actress, right? And you have all these dreams, but you don't actually take the action required to get there because it feels better to just dream about it and indulge in that potential that you have in this like daydreaming than actually taking the action, getting uncomfortable, right? Getting vulnerable, getting like failing, right? Failing will be part of it. And perfectionists uh, like to avoid that. So oftentimes perfectionists just stay in this like dreaming state, but not actually going into the action state or they take little, very little action and then they go back. So yeah, a lot of inaction, a lot of slow progress is the result of perfectionism. This is really interesting to me though. This is an interesting vein of thought because number one, I don't know if you, so Monia's in Scotland, right? We're in the States. And so one of the things, the interview questions is very cliche, but one of the interview questions when you're applying for a job, they'll say is, tell us a weakness about you. Like what's a weakness about you? And one that people will say is, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. (laughs) Like as as a weakness, supposedly because then you're saying, I take pride in my work and I'm going to make sure that it's perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the idea of weakness is actually a strength. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So there's this like mindset that in business to be perfect is a good thing. But what we're actually saying here is that perfectionism is the fear of risk. 
Yeah. And if perfectionism is the fear of risk, that is like the complete opposite of what causes you to be successful in business. Like you have to be 100% okay with taking risk to be in business because it's all risk. It's like literally all in, like you're throwing everything into this basket. You are saying my whole life, everything, my livelihood, all of it is dependent on me being successful in this one thing. So if you are a perfectionist, you are risk averse, you cannot succeed in business. No, you can't. You will be able to create results, but you will just keep self-sabotaging, right? It's not something, and you will not enjoy the process. So one of the things with entrepreneurship is you really want to get into like a mindset, like a CEO mindset or a growth mindset where you enjoy the challenge like where you just thrive on on challenging yourself, right? And when you fail, that's like part of it. And you kind of like, you're almost thriving on it. And you're like, okay, like what what else can I do, right? Perfectionists don't have that mindset because <laughs> perfectionists yeah. try to avoid <laughs> failure at all costs. So they don't actually challenge themselves. So you're definitely right. Yeah, I think that's that's the bottom line too. And I've when you were talking before, I was thinking about like almost all of 2019 and really a huge portion of 2020 I spent and I kept saying like, I need clarity, I need clarity, I need clarity. I, I just don't, I'm not sure like what the next direction and I have a successful business and it's like running and ticking along and everything, but I just wanted to, I just felt like there was the next step Mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure what the next step was going to be. And I literally tried so many things. To, I mean, like like Reiki, like like amazing different modalities of trying to find clarity of, along with just healing myself in general too, because I knew that the problem was me, that there mm-hmm. was nothing wrong with the business, that the problem was me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think what I did not, and now I will definitely do work on, What I did not identify was that a lot of the problem was this perfectionism, was that I was afraid, I knew that I was afraid to fail. That's something that I have identified about myself before, that there's been some, you know, failures in the past that have been, we could say traumatic, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that, that have caused me to have a fear of failure, but I've, I've gotten over it enough to be in business. You know what I mean? To know that Mm -hmm. that's part of the process and to say, okay, that sucks. Move on. You know, like, how can we do this different? What, what do we learn from that? You know, like, and, and be able to do that. But, you know, in general, we're in this really interesting place in our business where we're reinventing ourselves Mm -hmm. and it's, both frightening and pretty rad. And I didn't realize that part of what I was searching for was actually understanding and dealing with the perfectionism. So I think that's a really cool point that when we're looking for clarity or when we're stuck or when we're, you know, just kind of drowning in looking for what what's holding us back that that could be the culprit. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I wanted to mention when you said the clarity thing, that's again, like something that's really common for perfectionists is this idea of, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, and they kind of want that clarity ahead of time. Like they think the clarity will just come, right? The clarity comes really from like two things. Uh, First of all, it comes from just making a decision and just going all in with that. (laughs) But that's obviously really uncomfortable because it uh, means commitment. And the second thing, clarity really comes 
from taking action. Like clarity is a process, but perfectionists often have the idea like it needs to like be this aha moment where suddenly everything falls into place, right? It's like the heavens open and then everything is clear, right? And you feel good and you feel aligned. And you have to be that way, Monia, because that sounds amazing. (laughs) right but that's like the idea that perfectionists have about clarity but that is not what clarity is actually necessarily feel like like sometimes you have a really clear idea and you're like wow i really want to do that and then the next day i mean who hasn't had that the next day you question everything right so you feel really clear but then you kind of start questioning yourself and then it doesn't feel that clear anymore right so clarity is really just something that you decide on Wow. Yeah, I guess that's true because that's basically what I ended up doing was just saying, okay, this seems to be the direction that we're moving in and this is what feels good and this is how we're going to go. And what happened, what was so interesting for us, it was like what we're offering in terms of services for our clients. Mm -hmm. And we had kind of had a smorgasbord of services for a while and we needed to narrow our focus. And we knew that for a while. And I just didn't know how and what direction to do that. And then when we finally decided there were a couple clients that were outside of that niche, but we Mm -hmm. were just like, we're just going to grandfather them in. And then literally within eight days, they fell away. Like they went away for one reason or another. And it was just like, both like shocking, but also like, of course, because Mm -hmm. you just, you know, like we made a decision and that's, like it's everything that's outside of that decision has to go away. Yeah, exactly. It's like this idea often that perfectionists have that a lot of people have that, but especially perfectionists, it's like, it has to like feel good. Like if I'm like aligned or if this is the right thing, it just needs to feel good. And everything just always needs to feel amazing. And that's just not true. That's just not the human experience. And because then when you don't feel good or when you start doubting yourself, then perfectionists often think, oh, then maybe this is the wrong decision. Maybe you shouldn't be doing this, right? So they really get in their own head because they have this ideal of how they should be feeling. That um, is a good, that's a good point too, because I do think that I, I, me, I'm just speaking for me personally, because this is all speaking to me, but like, there is this, this mindset that it should, you should have, when you feel clear that you should have a sense of peace, you know what I mean? And that I do have, I've always felt like clarity is sort of like the first step type thing, but I think you're right in terms of it is the first step, but it's the first step in that you have to take an action. That's true. But it's also the idea of like, oh, clarity is something outside of myself. And then it just comes in and then I feel a certain way. But clarity is the feeling, right? You feel clear. And that comes from your thoughts. That comes like what from what you think about your decision, right? So like where perfectionists get caught up, like, oh, it's something outside of myself. No, it's actually something that you create within yourself. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How do we, how do we stop doing this to ourselves? I mean, it seems like I know I'm not the only one. I know that this is like pervasive. So how do we stop doing this to ourselves? Yeah. So first of all, it's really important to understand that it's not like that you are a perfectionist, right? Like that's just who you are. Uh, Perfectionism is a mindset and 
perfectionist actions, right? The actions that you take, like the self-sabotage, the indecision, that's all, these are all actions, right? And they come from feeling, right? And the feeling is often like fear, self-doubt, uh, self-judgment, right? And you just kind of want to really figure out First of all, like what, what kind of thoughts are actually driving that? Like, what are you actually really afraid of? Right. Yes. The, the main fear is feeling shame, right. Feeling like embarrassed, but we really want to identify like, what, what is it like that I'm actually really scared of? Like, what am I thinking? Why am I not taking the action? Why am I always saying, oh, I'm going to do this, but then I'm not actually doing it, right? Why am I a chronic starter? I used to be a chronic starter. I started everything and never really followed through with things. These are also uh, typical perfectionist tendencies that you don't really follow through with things. You always start things, but you're not ever actually finishing things. So you kind of just, first of all, want to raise the awareness around like, what is it that I'm actually afraid of? Because if you don't have that, then it's really hard to actually move out of that mindset and create then new beliefs about yourself and about, you know, kind of like creating a new identity of, of who you believe you are. If you don't really figure out your current beliefs first, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. It does. What are some like, what could be like one step, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. would either increase awareness or that could bring somebody a little yeah. bit closer to doing that. Okay. So one of the things that I do with my clients is, so what, what perfectionists always do, or not always, but like a lot of them do, they are normally planners. They love to-do lists. They love writing things down. They love writing plans down. They often have a lot of ideas, but again, they don't really really follow through with things, right? So that's often down to like a really high standard that you set for yourself. So your to-do list is really long. You always think you can achieve more than you're actually able to achieve, right? So in these kind of instances, right, if that is sort of perfectionism that shows up for you, one of the things that I really work on with my clients is a concept called uh, the minimal baseline. And what the minimal baseline really means is like you really just want to start doing the minimal bit, right? Instead of just planning a lot and like trying to do everything you just want to like do one thing and keep doing that thing right creating a habit around doing that one thing and like kind of just build that self-trust with yourself because what perfectionists don't have is self-trust they often make plans and they want to do all these things but they also have like the deep belief that they're not going to do it anyway or it's not going to happen anyway so there's a lack of self-trust that they have. So the first thing you really want to start doing is to build that self-trust with yourself and that you know when you say something, you do something that you're actually going to follow through and do it, right? And one of the things that you want to do is like you really want to start with a minimal thing that you really can do and that you really feel like you can actually follow through on. And oftentimes perfectionists then think, oh, this is like too easy, right? Oh, I can do much more than that. This is boring. But that is so important that you actually really just, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to create five Instagram posts, I literally just create one and follow through with that for at least like three or four weeks. Um, and then I can add another thing. And then you can add another thing. So this is one of the things that's really important, especially if you struggle with following through with your task. This is super, super good. And then I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit to perfectionism stepsister, as you call her, procrastination. 
which also guilty as charged. And so one of the people that I really admire is Mel Robbins. And I, one of the quotes that she had said that she said that stuck out to me because this is something that I've, again, really beaten up on myself about. And she said, procrastination is not a form of laziness at all. It is a coping mechanism for stress. What are your take? You know, what's your take on that? Yes, I totally agree with that. And I call it like an avoidance tactic. And what I mean by that is really that it's an avoidance tactic in terms of we're trying to avoid a negative emotion, right? Where we're trying to avoid doing the tasks, obviously, that we have to do, but it's because we don't want to feel that emotion because we are literally like just like when we procrastinating, there's resistance coming up, right? We're resisting doing the thing. And it's really about understanding, first of all, okay, I'm trying to avoid something here, right? Being a little bit curious about your own behavior. But you also want to understand like, why am I trying to avoid this, right? Like, why am I, what am I thinking? Like, why do I feel resistance doing this, right? Sometimes it's just because it's a dull task and we don't want to do it. But normally it's more like a task that is challenging us, that makes us feel uncomfortable that we uh, need to put effort in, right? That we maybe don't think we can uh, follow through on or that if we fail on doing that, for example, I don't know, maybe you want to plan a webinar or something and you procrastinate on that because maybe you have deep beliefs that, oh, no one will sign up anyway. So what's the point? So that's like things that you want to become aware of first and foremost when it comes to procrastination is like, why am I trying to resist this? Like, what is my actually thought here? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's basically what she was saying too. And I think, you know, it was almost like the way that I took it was like, be gentle with yourself when you recognize that you're procrastinating because you are not to excuse it, but to, but like you said, to be curious, it's like, okay, so something's stressing me out right now. Mm. What's stressing me out? Why am I being triggered in this stress reaction? If you can call it that, and then kind of breaking it down from there. And so instead of being like, so annoyed, because what happens in my procrastination cycle is like, like I'll procrastinate and then I'll get to the end and then I'm like, ah, shit, I procrastinated that thing. And then I want to procrastinate it more, but I can't, but I can, but I can't, but I can. And then it's like this like complete anxiety attack because I've procrastinated when really it was just like a small stress reaction in the beginning where if I had recognized that and said, instead of pushing it off, said, wait a second, you're, you want to procrastinate that. So why is that stressful? Like what's going on there? You know what I mean? Instead of like having an inner dialogue about it, it became this big thing that ended up in a panic attack, which it didn't have to be that way. So I think that that's a really interesting take on it. I think it's absolutely true that it's an avoidance tactic. And I also really loved the heart of, of just recognizing that it's a stress technique, you know, like it's a stress relieving technique, which doesn't make it good or bad. It's just an action that we do that we have to be aware of because it can result in activities that lead us to be not as great in in being in business. You know what I mean? So we have deadlines. We have to take care of, we have, you know, certain things. So, you know, that's, that's the bottom line of that. And I I think for that, like, I like to really think about like some of the works that I do with my clients, like embodiment work. And it involves like work, like, you know, connecting with your next level you or your future you and really understand like 
who do I want to be? Like, who do I want to be as an entrepreneur? Who do I want to be as a business owner? Because who I am now, right? The, the person that you are currently, that is the person that is creating the results that you currently have. So in order to create other results for yourself, you have to develop into the next level version of yourself. This is obviously all personal development, right? So you want to really become aware of like, who do I want to become? Like, do I want to become that person that does everything on the last minute, right? Uh, do I want, is that how I want to build my business, right? And if the answer is no, then you want to become really clear about, okay, who do I want this person who has X amount of clients or X amount of money? Who do I want her to be like? And really like connect with that version. And I do this like all day, every day. I'm like, okay, so what would she do, right? And you can do that for any kind of things, like for your health journey, right? For your relationships, like, do I want to be the girlfriend who always yells or is always jealous, right? You just kind of want to really ask yourself these kind of questions of who do you want to be and who do you want to become? And then think about how that person would act and how that person would actually handle certain situations. And especially when it comes to perfectionism and also like procrastination, I think this work is really, really powerful. Oh, I love that. I love that. The, just the like asking yourself the question, how would she react in this situation? How would she feel in this situation? What would she be doing in this situation? I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great. It's great work. So I think what I wanted to ask you lastly, we talked about, about this both with procrastination and with perfectionism, but tell me just a little bit more about the identity around it, like what people do when they embrace it as their identity and how they can break that habit. Yeah. So when you embrace it as your identity, you obviously identify as a procrastinator or as a perfectionist, right? But normally, oftentimes people are not really aware of that they're perfectionists or they think it's like, like a positive thing, right? But if you, for example, identify as a procrastinator, then you would say things like, oh, I'm such a procrastinator or I always procrastinate or I do everything like last minute, right? So you just say these things as if they are fact, like as if you are reporting the news, but it's not actually a fact, okay? It's just a tendency that you have. And it also doesn't mean you always procrastinate, right? You just kind of want to be really honest about it. We say these things as if it's true, but it's not because there are so many times where you don't procrastinate, right? So we want to like give these things equal airtime. Uh, so you want to look at, okay, sometimes I procrastinate and sometimes I don't procrastinate. So I'm not actually a procrastinator, right? So that's the first thing. You want to kind of look at your internal dialogue and understand like that, first of all, it's not actually true what you're telling yourself, right? Also, when you say, oh, I'm a jealous person, whatever, right? It's not actually a fact. There's a lot of evidence that that is not actually true. So you just kind of want to like be honest with yourself and then obviously change your internal dialogue and pay a little bit more attention to what you're actually saying. Because when you have the belief about yourself that you are a procrastinator, what happens is that your, your brain will always find evidence for that belief, right? So you will reject evidence um, against that belief and you will always find evidence for that belief because we always want to prove our predominant belief, right? So what happens is that you will then obviously keep procrastinating, <laughs> when you do believe that you are a procrastinator. So we want to kind of become clear about like, okay, I'm not actually a procrastinator. This is just an action I'm doing because I'm trying to avoid something. Okay. So this is the first thing you will need to do in order to break that identity that you have with that word. 
And then that's amazing. I think that's so true. I think that we can definitely get caught up in identifying ourselves in ways that aren't necessarily, we just say that we are that way, but it doesn't necessarily resonate to who we actually are because we are maybe, I mean, I think maybe it has a lot to do with the shame. Like we are trying to reduce people's expectations of us, I guess you know, by saying like, oh, I'm always late on things or I'm a procrastinator or I'm a perfectionist mm. or whatever, then when it happens, then people aren't surprised. Yeah, um, but it's actually what you're trying is you're actually trying to lower your expectations on yourself because when you think, oh, like, you know, oh, I'm just procrastinating or oh, I'm not doing this, right? So then you always have almost an excuse for yourself why you didn't create that result for yourself, why you didn't put in the effort because you you could just say like, oh yeah, if I had put in more effort or if I hadn't procrastinated, then I would have been able to do this, right? So you always kind of have an out, you always have an excuse. So you always kind of lower the expectations that you have about yourself. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make 100% sense. And I think you hit it right on the head there. Well, Monia, I always ask people two questions um, at the end of the show, and I wanted to ask you those two questions. When it comes to perfectionism and when it comes to procrastination, what is one thing that if people walked away from this episode and they didn't remember anything else that you would want them to remember that would be super important for them to remember regarding that topic? Okay, I love that question. So I think the first thing is really to understand that this is just a mindset. This is just a collection of thoughts that you have, right? This is not who you are. And this is not something that, you know, you just, you can't ever change it. It's literally just thoughts that you have and you can't change these thoughts. Procrastination and perfectionist actions is actions that you do, right? These are triggered by feelings and the feelings are triggered by your thoughts. So you just really want to start identifying what is it actually that you are thinking when you do these kind of actions. Perfect. And the last question that I wanted to ask you was, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And this could be about this topic. This could be about anything and it could be from any source. So it could be from a loved one or something that you read. But I just love to get the perspective from everyone um, that comes on the show of what they find to be the most valuable and that they kind of carry in their heart and in their pocket with them each day. So one of the things that I really loved, that was a quote from, I think it was Brooke Castillo. She said somewhere that in order to grow a business, you need to first grow the leader. And I love that so much because people are so concerned with growing the business, hitting certain figures, right? Especially in the online business world, like there's so much like pressure uh, that people feel to to do that, but they kind of forget that they have to actually grow themselves and growing is uncomfortable. Growing is painful. So it's not... Yes, it is. Yeah. And but it's so important to understand that this is not just about uh, prestige or money or goals or whatever. This is really about your own personal growth that you're doing by building that business. And I love that so much. And that's something that really, really stuck with me. That, well, that's a good one. So I appreciate that. That's a good one. It's definitely something that, I mean, I, I've talked about that on this on the podcast quite a bit, but this year for myself, I declared, I say this, do you ever watch The Office? 
I should ask you this, but yes, I love okay. Bill. So there's this episode where Michael Scott walks out into the into the pit and he says, "I declare bankruptcy," <laughs> and they're like, "That's not how it works." But I said to myself that I wanted this year to be centered around healing and abundance for me, not for the business, mm. not for my employees, not for my clients, but for me. And abundance, not necessarily being monetary abundance. I wanted it to be joy. I wanted it to be family time. I wanted it to be all of the good things that I sometimes can put to the wayside. And so, and it has taken me on this journey of learning how to become a better leader. And, and one of the people that I really respect says that a healed leader leads the best teams. You know what I mean? Like you have Mm -hmm. to be a healed person. You have to be a whole person. You have to be, like you said, the best leader to have the best teams. And so I really, really appreciate you bringing that quote to the podcast because I think it's so important. So thank you. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate your thoughts and your words and your wisdom. It has been so fun to pick your brain a little bit about this topic. Thank you so much. I loved it. Love being on here. It's great. Well, if anyone wants to connect with Monia, we're going to be putting all of her links to social and everything in our show notes. So please do connect with her. She has her own podcast, which is the name, name of the podcast again, Monia? Women Making Money. Women Making Money. So check out her podcast as well. And thank you to everyone in our audience for being with us this week as we are every week. And we will see you soon. This is Raya Gonzalez with the Client Experience Revolution Podcast.